Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Stampede Blue. What we talking about? Indianapolis, AFC South. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Topics, loaded like offense. Cold centric, talking about it often. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Welcome Fly back route. to another Stampede Blue podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Like and guys, for an Thank you guys for coming back to the show. Uh, as promised, day, we are going to Dolphins. today start kind of what we're going to look at at the, at the roster AFC, here for the Colts right and, blue, and going into like free agency, what we expect, kind of, or what I expect necessary, I guess, to see with what the Colts plan to do. Do they have areas on this team that are in drastic need of, you know, being revamped? They're uncertain or undoubtedly is but we're going to look at each position go by each position and kind of talk about what each position really really begs for for the Colts going forward uh, do they need somebody do they not is it pretty stout do they uh, feel like they're going to maybe make a small move a, a minor move in free agency a big move you know a splash in some area or some sort or do they plan to probably do it through the draft this is going to be just a typical obviously you know I at this point we don't know anything about what's going to happen and uh, we won't until basically the entire offseason is over with but this is always fun to go through and kind of look at these and, and kind of try to decide where a move could be so uh, naturally first uh, and, and it seems like maybe with a little less uh, importance or, or need to really dive in deep we're going to start with the quarterback position now Obviously, we don't need to really go in deep on Andrew Luck. The, the team is not doing anything with Andrew Luck. He has been fantastic this year. He came back, uh, definitely comeback player of the year, at least for PFWA, and probably for the NFL honors, I would assume, as well. But looking at Andrew, he, he just did, had a fantastic season this year. So, uh, I mean, we don't need to worry too much about him. What we might need to look at in terms of the quarterback position is – afterwards after that so we look at uh you know Jacoby Brissett he is obviously a guy who poses some interest to some teams the Colts have said Chris Ballard has said you know mentioned it several times we aren't going to give him away they're going to have to blow us away uh, we need a real good offer and it has to be good for the player. So Jacoby not only would have to go somewhere in, in Ballard's eyes to where they, he thinks that he could uh, battle for a starting position legitimately, and that team would have to give them some sort of a sizable compensation to it. Now, look, do I think that would be a first-round pick? I, I don't, okay? I, I don't think that the Colts would have to get a first-round uh, pick out of it. I think a second-rounder would be sufficient, quite honestly, for Ballard and the Colts. I, I think that... 
you get into semantics here a little bit, but you also get into we don't really know how much Chris Ballard values Jacoby Brissett. Now, look, the Colts as a team value him tremendously because if Andrew Luck is ever to go down, they've got a guy who's been in the system now, will, will have been into his third year this coming year in 2019. He knows the roster. He knows Andrew Luck. He's been with him. He's practiced with him. He's gone through the same offensive game planning with Coach Reich this year, uh, Sirianni, and so forth, and, and everything that's come with that. So there is a lot of value with Brissett for the Colts. Not just could he you know, start uh, the full season and how many games could he win, but what if Andrew Luck goes out? He could be a very uh, very important piece to come in as a cup as a spot starter for a few games. He won four games last year, four or two years ago, four and eleven. You know, it, it wasn't great. He was under sixty percent completion rate for the year. Um, I, I don't think that the Colts would necessarily say we need a first round pick, though. However, I think that you're getting to the position where you kind of might want to think about dealing him. Okay. Could they wait till next year? Could teams be waiting till next year? Because there's plenty uh, of guys on the free agent look for for quarterbacks. I mean, there are several, but how high do they value them? Okay. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is one for sure that people are going to be looking at. I, I think that um, you know maybe Trevor Simeon. I mean, there, there's just a bunch of these little names out there, but I think there's a couple here that are of particular interest, and I would say one of them would be Nate Sudfeld. I also think that he's of some sort of interest to the Colts. Now, the Colts tried to get him off of waivers, if you guys remember correctly, uh, last year. But the Eagles went ahead and claimed him as well. So the Eagles had the claim on him, and they got him. The Colts tried. Boward put in a claim for him, a waiver for him. And so they do value him. Now, could the Colts bring in Sudfeld if they decided to possibly deal Brissett. I don't think it would be the worst idea in the world. I'm, I think that Brissett could come in and do a little bit here and there. I think he could be a spot starter for the Colts. I don't think he's a long-term, uh, even really a long-term uh, trustworthy backup. I'm not certainly that I would say uh, Sudfeld is either. Uh, but, you know, Brissett does have some of that in-game action. He's got 15 games experience in there with him, at least from last year with the Colts. 17 if you consider the, fir- the two games that he started in New England in 2016. I just don't – I think that he might be more valuable to the Colts uh, with what he could yield in, in a deal. Because I think the Colts could bring in another guy. They still kind of – I mean, Brad Kai is a free agent as well this year. If they like him, you know, they could bring him in. He's not somebody you'd want to put in there as a starter for any reason whatsoever if luck was down. So you've got to look at it that way as well. Can you bring in another free agent at a, at a minimal price to be able to kind of take over what Brissett gives you? Now, this is where it gets tricky because I don't know that there's many in here that you could say. Look at all these other free agents, okay? Like I said, Brad Kaya. He's the youngest. Davis Davis Webb from the Giants, or the Jets, I'm sorry. Uh, Nate Sudfeld, Kevin Hogan, Brett Hundley, Trevon Boyk. I mean, uh, Teddy Bridgewater would be probably one that you 
would feel comfortable in is in terms of bringing him in uh, for what he could do. But the problem is, is that Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to demand a little bit higher price tag. Uh, there's not really a lot of other guys on here, in my opinion, that could really fill in. So is now the time to deal Brissett? I don't think it would be. I mean, you could, they could do it and they could maybe draft a quarterback in the fifth or sixth round, seventh round or something like that. And, uh, you know, fill the position. I just don't see that that would be a great move for the Colts right now. Maybe at the trade deadline, if they feel they could get somebody in there, they could bring in some guys throughout the year, find somebody they think is comparable, uh, who could back up luck, similar to the way Brissett does in terms of efficiency, uh, being a little bit better in a couple areas. Other than that, I just honestly don't see it happening. Um, it definitely not in this off season. I would think at the earliest would be the trade de- trade deadline, but the following year, you know, that would be kind of where, or not the following year, but post the deadline, post the regular season, might be uh, a spot where you might want to get rid or see what you can get for him, or they could sign him to a solid contract extension and keep him, and use that as you know some sort of a a momentum to be able to keep him in Indy, to be able to drive up kind of his trade uh, value, I guess you could say. At the same time, how do you do that when the guy's not going to be on the field? It's not just giving him a better contract. That's not going to get people turned around on him so much. But I think that if you're looking around, other teams are looking around also, and they see this free agent pool, and they are going to possibly give you know maybe a little bit more than what they would. Maybe a high second round, you know, if they're there. I don't know. It would be kind of itchy, or and it just really depends on what their starting situation looks like. There are a few teams that need a new starting quarterback. Is Brissett that guy, or do they want to go to the draft? Some of these places, I would say Brissett would be a better option, but at the same time, you know, teams were very successful this year with their rookie quarterbacks, second year quarterbacks. I mean, look, Goff. I mean, look at. Uh, you know, how Mahomes played this year. I mean, they're, they're, the quarterbacks have been pretty successful the past couple of years. So it's kind of hard to get people turned off of pulling them out of the draft and trying to get them in there as soon as possible versus bringing in a veteran. So there's a, very, there's a big game to be played in terms of what would be brought for Jacoby Brissett. Uh, other than that, that's the only thing that I could see happening for the Colts. I don't see, obviously, this is a position where we don't see a lot of flexibility. There's only a couple positions or a couple quarterbacks on the roster. So, obviously, with one of them being Andrew Luck, the second being the guy that you see is more than a viable backup, definitely spot starter quality, I think you kind of leave it alone unless you are blown away at the trade deadline next year and maybe go that route. But that seems to be about the only opportunity for anything to be done in terms of the uh, the quarterback position for the Colts this year. So uh, it, this isn't a position that we expected to talk long on today. It's just kind of one of those things where you look at it and you see how many quarterbacks are available around the NFL right now. You see kind of their tenure. Not really any of them have done anything. Some of them have started a few games. Uh, most of them have not. And it, it just isn't something that you would really expect to see. So uh, I just don't think that uh, we're going to see too many of those things happen 
uh, going forward this year, and I don't think that the quarterback position is going to be one of them. So uh, we're going to get off of this. We're going to do running backs next. Come back for that show tomorrow. Make sure that you guys are following everything we do at Stampede Blue. Go to stampedeblue.com. Check us out on iTunes. Make sure you give us a rating and review. And we'll be back tomorrow with the running backs. Thank you, guys. Told you these are going to be kind of short hitters. Uh, Some of them will. Obviously, running backs will be probably a little bit longer. Uh, Tight ends, wide receivers. As we get further down the line, we're going to get a little more in depth because there are multiple players playing on those positions. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more with you guys about the running backs tomorrow and uh, we'll see you soon talk to you next time right here on the colts cast stampede blue Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. <laughs> We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find us anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.